Welcome to What is Truth? The radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Now your hosts, doctor and pastor of Grace and Truth Church in Amherst, Michael Caesar, and co-host Johnny D. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. And welcome to another edition of the What is Truth radio show. Dr. Michael Caesar here in studio with our panel of truth tellers right here. John Giuseppe, good to have you, brother. It's good to be here. And Mark Sassy, our radio evangelist. Good, good morning, to have you. Good morning. Amen. It's good. And, and we're thankful you're joining in with us this morning, our uh, listening audience. And we want you to get your uh, Bible and go to the New Testament Open your Bibles, as Robert Militello would say, and open it to the book of the Acts of the Apostles, the fifth New Testament book. And we're going to start our reading today in chapter eight, because we have been studying a number of weeks, exciting thing, kind of like I saw this thing on the History Channel recently, Mm -hmm. the men who built America and looking back to the building of America. Well, these are the men that God used to start the building of the church of Jesus Christ. And we're seeing the way they went about it so and it's probably even more fascinating if they did a a really good proper documentary on these men if yeah, they did sh- it's sure. probably even more interesting than the men that built america because <laughs> the men that, men that built america weren't, weren't persecuted right they weren't chased they they weren't uh pushed pushed out by their families uh you know yeah. and uh and, and they didn't go through through the emotional hardships yeah that and physical hardships maybe that, but these folks these these men they didn't go through a spiritual hardship because they had the lord but they went through emotion. They went through physical and emotional hardship. The partaker of the sufferings of Christ, That's like right. Jesus yeah. told That's them. Right. Yeah. Well, John, like you've said in the past, these stories in the Bible, they're true stories. Right. These are real men, real things that really happen, and it makes it that much more exciting to know it's a real story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, Brother Mark. So we're beginning the eighth chapter. You want to get us set the table for us and, and move on in? Sure. So In the last chapter, in Acts chapter 7, we saw Stephen, he was preaching a history of the nation Israel in front of the leaders and some of the other men. And near the end of that chapter, he made it convicting to them that they had rejected the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, Jesus. They themselves had rejected him. And, you know, we saw in that chapter that God's a God of second chances and he's offering a second chance even to them, even after they had gotten the crowd excited and saying, crucify him, crucify him. And they crucified the savior. And now they, even now God's giving them a second chance and gives us a second chance. Amen. Yeah. And then near the end of the chapter, they just got cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth and they stoned him. But he just fell asleep. It it doesn't say that he suffered at all. And it's really amazing the grace that God gave there. And and he was the first martyr of the the book. The book of martyrs, you read about some of the things they went through being tortured, burned at the stake, and they're singing hymns. And I worked in a burn unit. That's not possible humanly. But this is supernatural. This is where the Lord comes in at that particular moment. Like he promised one of the churches in Smyrna, they were going to have some persecution. He said, I'll be with you. And God is able to apparently short circuit the nervous system so they don't feel anything. I had an uncle that was born and part of the nervous system didn't work in his left leg and he couldn't feel pain. And, and the Lord can do that and short circuit the nervous system and you can be burned and not feel it. And this is how the way the Lord worked because uh, Stephen was smiling. 
He's looking up into heaven. He's uh, calling on God. He's saying, Lord, receive my spirit. Uh, as the stones are hitting him and he, he's kneeling down to the ground, he says, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he said this, he fell asleep. Amen. Amen. And that's exactly how End it was. The seventh I've, chapter. Yeah. I've heard recent testimonies of Christians who have had loved ones pass away under the same sort of thing, not being stoned, but just falling asleep, just a peaceful pass. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And here in Acts chapter 8, this is one of uh, the most amazing chapters in all of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I've had conversations with people in all kinds of situations, even one that I recall on a plane one time where uh, they were asking some questions as I'm reading my Bible, some other passengers. And I said, well, have you never considered Acts chapter 8? And they're like, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, do you have eyes to see and ears to hear? And they said, yeah, we think so. And I said, well, let's check it out. So let's get into this chapter. It's interesting. Eight. Those that study Bible math is a number of the new birth. Yes. yes. And the new birth is going forth. It's a new birth as God yes. sending that workout. Yes. Amen. Great chapter. So in the first section, it says, the Bible says, Acts chapter eight, and Saul was consenting unto his death, meaning at the last chapter when uh, Stephen was stoned. Yeah, because apparently he's mentioned back there when the men were running out to stone Stephen, they laid down their clothes. They said, young man, will you hold these clothes for me? And the man was Saul. Yes. Said, okay, I'll hold them while you do this. Uh, don't, I'll, I'll watch him for you. And amazingly, mm -hmm. this Saul is the same Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament later in his life after he got saved. Yeah. Right. And uh, so anyways, it says, and at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the Apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. Therefore, they that, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Amen. Then Amen. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and that were lame, were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Yeah. I think I'll pause there for a second. There, it's still early on in the church, yes. and there's still miracles happening with the apostles, and uh, even here with Philip. And it's amazing. I mean, God's power, he's healing people with palsies, people that were lame, people that have unclean spirits. These showing the, a new thing happening. These, and these are the powers that he had committed to his uh, disciples in, in Matthew right. chapter 10. Yes. And these are the powers that he promised his disciples back when he was about to ascend into heaven. I'll get the passage real quick. It's uh, Mark uh, chapter Mark 16. 16. And, and, uh, and as we've said in the past, this is to show that there's a new thing happening. Yes. God's got a new thing called the church. Yeah, because the New Testament hadn't been written. And so God is using signs and wonders until the sign and the wonder of that New Testament is finished. And then you have something you can read. Amen. But but uh, Jesus told those uh, apostles, when you go out, uh, these signs are going to follow you in my name. You'll be able to cast out devils. You'll be able to speak with new tongues. You'll be able to take up serpents and uh, drink any deadly thing. It will not hurt you. Uh, you'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Uh, Jesus giving his miracle working power to his apostles. And that's what we see here. Apostles going out and doing this work for him. 
Now, now I know you're looking at me because you're saying, who was it doing this? This was Philip. Steve Philip doing yeah. this. Yeah. This took me a while to learn this. I may as well share it with the folks now. I've gone back over the Bible and I have observed carefully that of the 4,100 years of history that God records in the Bible from the time of the Garden of Genesis till the time that Jesus speaks to John on the Isle of Patmos, 4,100 years. If you look at the miracles, there's only three times when God works with miracles. Yes. And each period is about a 40-year period. So there's like 4,000 years without miracles, maybe 100 with, because God is not so much into miracles except when he's trying to show he's doing something. Yes. And, and this is what he had to show me, and this took me a while for me to learn, and it may help you. He'll take a man, the first one was Moses. He'll give him miracle working power at the beginning of the writing of the Old Testament. And then he'll allow Moses to lay hands on Joshua. And when uh, Moses dies, Joshua can continue miracles for a while. And then once they're in the land, the miracle power kind of dries up because now they're in the promised land. Now they've got all the books of Moses and the books of the Old Testament are being written there. 700 years later, he has a man named Elijah because the people were getting away from his words and he's trying to wake up his Jewish people. Miracles are for Jews. Yes. Uh, the Jews signs. require a sign. First Corinthians chapter one, verse mm -hmm. 22, it says that. And so he wakes up this man, Elijah. He does some miracles for a short while. He has an apprentice and his apprentice can go out and do miracles for a short while, Elisha. And then that's the end of that for another 700 years. And, and here was the, the mistake I first made. And then Jesus comes along and does miracles. But the difference is Jesus isn't just a man. He's God. Yes. It's almost like Father God doing miracles in the Old Testament. And Jesus does these and he lays his hands on the apostles. And the apostles are the miracle working equivalent of Moses or Elijah. And they are allowed to lay hands on a small group of people that are their apprentices. And after that, there will be no more miracles. And Amen. that's what we see with Philip and Stephen and certain people like that. The apostles laid hand on them. They couldn't, Stephen, Philip couldn't lay hands on anyone else. It's drying up the miracle working humans of the New Testament were the apostles. Of course, God is God. Jesus is different. Mm -hmm. And their apprentices were this uh, first group of not the apostles of the Lamb, but the apostles' apostles. Amen. I don't know if that helps. That but. helps. And now Paul didn't have any miracle. Or I can't. Oh recall. yes, he yes. did. What do yeah. you do? What oh do you yes, do? he did. What do you do? He, he he about, you will read about it very soon in the book of Acts. Not, it's, it's not injured. injured. I know the snake, but I, that's what I'm saying. He got hurt. I'm asking because he I raised you the dead. Right. We'll read yeah. about it did, next. Oh yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and today, people that think, you know, because of some TV evangelist or whatever, think that you should seek after a miracle. Jesus himself said, an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. Or, or, yep, that's and, and, right. and the gospel is the purpose of why Jesus came. And in the gospel of Luke, he says, the son of man has come to seek and to save them that are lost. So don't, folks, don't lose, lose focus. It's the gospel that's the focus. And, and even in those three periods, whether it was Moses with his apprentice, uh, Joshua, Elijah. or Elijah with his apprentice, Elisha, or even here, Paul and Peter and John and their apprentices, Stephen and Philip. The main focus was the miracle was to direct you 
to what he was doing. He was preaching Christ. Bingo. He was preaching the word. The miracle was to bring you to the word. The word had the power. The Amen. miracle was to get your attention on the word. Amen. This word has power. God created Amen. all things by his word. Um, so then in verse nine, I'm going to go a few more verses. Sure, Here we are, sure. Acts chapter eight, verse nine. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard, because that of a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. And I just want to park there for a second. Sure. You see that people are believing the preaching, verse 12, they believe Philip's preaching about the kingdom of God, the sure. name of Jesus Christ. Sure. After they believed... Then they were baptized, not yes. in reverse order, but Correct. they believed first, then they were baptized, both men and women. And then in verse 13, you've got Simon believed and he was baptized. But what is not spoken of here is what he believed. And I mentioned this recently. I said, you know, if you go to a store, let's say like Hobby Lobby, you might find little signs for inside your home that say like faith, hope and love, right. or maybe even a sign that says believe. Right. Right. And you might say bump. You might see bumper stickers. Believe. Believe. In what? Miracles. Exactly. Believe in what? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he was believing. Now, now it says he believed in the miracles he because in, the miracles. in verse nine, he was using sorcery and bewitching the people and whatever parlor tricks he was able to do like a good magician can do. They know this is a trick. Yes. There's there's no real magic here. Illusion. I'm just able, it, yeah, I'm able to right. deceive people by an illusion. And then he's watching this guy, Philip, and he's going, he's not using any magic trick. This right. is amazing. How is he doing this? Is This is what I'm pretending to do. This is the real deal. Yes. I want right. this too. Right. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. right. And, and we see here in the next few verses that, yeah, he does want that power. Sure. Yeah. So verse 14 it says, now when the apostles, which were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God. That's the key thing to receive, key. right? That's, right. Amen. That's, that's what it. this the key thing to believe. This show is uh, what is truth. Right. Truth is the word of God. Amen. That's what Amen. we want people to know. Amen. Amen. And so they sent unto them Peter and John. So we've had Philip as a character in this chapter. We've had Simon the sorcerer. And now Peter and John, the apostles come. Yeah, because it said back in verse one, when everybody was scattered, Everyone was scattered except the apostles. They stayed in the middle of Jerusalem despite the fact there was great persecution. Yes. God had told them, you're to hold the fort. Yep. And and a, a good soldier doesn't abandon his post even if there is enemy fire. And so that's what they're doing. Yeah. Good soldiers. And, and the, the location here, they're in Samaria. And Samaria was full of people that were kind of half Jewish and half other Gentile that's nations. Correct. And they didn't get along with the Jews. They didn't interact with the Jews. I, I remember Jesus went down to that Samaritan woman in John chapter well. 4. Mm -hmm. Yes. At the well. Yeah. Exactly. So this is a, a little... This is unusual. Yes. Yeah. Woman, and you worship, you know not what. That's like, what you, yeah. Woman, you worship, you know, you know not, not what. what. How do you yeah. like that? I mean, Jesus is so plain and straight and tells you the truth because uh, she had a, another religion. Yes. Right. And he was basically saying, 
you folks with a, another religion, not the one given by my father, you don't even know what you're That's worshiping. Right. Yeah. You're worshiping some unknown God that really doesn't exist. And, right. and he got her to consider it. Yes. And and she that, isn't saved. that the same yeah. today? Isn't yeah. that the same today? That's true. So here we are, verse 15. So Peter and John show up, who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Verse 16, for as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Yes. Then laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, yeah. saying, Give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands he may receive the Holy Ghost. And right, <laughs> and right there you know what he believed. He believed in the miracles. He believed with those miracles comes at a at a price that he can make money with it. Oh, sure. You know I mean, right. And, and Peter and John just slap, you know, they slap him down right there. But you know, Mark, you, you, great point. You know, people, I see that sign. I always ask them, you go into people's homes, believe, yeah. believe, and usually nice people. And oh, I always say to them, I says, so what believe what, what's, what's that for? What do you, what do you believe in? Oh, that, that there's good in people and, uh, you know, and things and, are going to work out. Things, things are going to get better. Things are going to work out. And uh, then, tomorrow's you know, another day. My yep. son's, yep. my son's going to get off drugs and get a good yeah, job. Right, right. You know, you know, it's just so, it's just so sad. But like you said, it, again, Satan goes ahead and he takes, why, why I believe it is so, like we always talk about a needle in a haystack, all these yeah. religions, but there is a needle in that haystack. So all those other haze could be believe, 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 right, believe, right. believe, 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 believe. But there's one that is exactly. Yeah. But there's one needle. There is when truth. you pick it up, it's Made Jesus Christ. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so interesting that you say that because they'll tell you every reason. Well, now, now, when we have, when we're out on the streets and we pick up a sign and it says yeah. believe, we have sure. to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, to make it Amen. very clear to them. There you go. Yeah. We're telling what the object of belief is. Yes. But right. they write songs like When You Wish Upon a Star. Yeah. And things. Yeah. I mean, they, they'll make things you like know, that just kind of a yeah. hope. I hope it you'll, works out. You'll, you'll, you know, you'll believe it when you see it or something like that. God you wants know. you to know. K-N-O-W. Absolutely. Yes. I always tell people, you know, there was something, uh, Wayne Dyer wrote a, a book. You, you know how people say, I'll believe it when I see it. Right. But it's so true, and he didn't use it for, for, for Jesus. But I did. But I believe when I see it. No, I'll I'll see it when I believe it. That's what it is. I'll see that's, it when I, uh, when I believe it. And that's the way it. the Lord that's works. That's the way the Lord works. If if you hear what he says and you believe it, for example, one of the things he says is, "I promise that I will, after you lay down and sleep in your body, I will give you a resurrection." And, and you know what? I'm going to believe. I've trusted the Lord. I, I really believe yeah, that. I now. believe that. Guess what? Yeah. We're going to see it one day. Amen. That's right. We're going to see our own resurrection just as those men saw the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. There's so many promises from God in his word. Yes. And I believe them. Amen. It's because everyone, everyone. He, he is truthful Even and the ones he is faithful. Yeah. Right. You know? Right. Even the ones that, you know, you don't understand. It's just like, it's, 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 as we talk about the Bible, what I didn't understand like five years ago, I kind of have a good understanding now. You you grow. The, the book, That's the right. book grows. Amen. It's, it's alive. Amen. The I, book like, is it, alive. It is alive. Absolutely. And and here in this true story that we're experiencing here, Simon, he's greedy. 
And yes, he wants that power, and he wants to make money from oh, it. Oh, oh boy! Can you imagine the money you could make? I mean, I mean, just think about it. Uh, uh, parents with uh, sick children—they'll travel anywhere. They'll give a right. life savings, and yep, yeah, I'll, I'll heal your kid. He'll right? Be, He'll name his price too. Be an He's Alma not going to do it to serve the child and the parent. He's doing it to serve himself. Yeah, and, wrong and, motive. And, and you have to stop and hit the brakes for a second and consider physical versus spiritual. Yes. Many times you've said this life is short, but he turns is long. You got to consider the eternity. This is about eternal life. This yes. is not just healing somebody with palsy right now or healing somebody who is lame right now. That's short. Eternity is long. So let's keep going here. Yep, it's sure. Uh, so Simon says in verse 19 of Acts 8, he says, give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. Yeah. But Peter said unto him, thy money perish with thee because thou hast thought <laughs> that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Amen. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Go. Oh, that's, that's, a, right. that's, that's right. a serious charge yes. to that's right. Simon. And that's, we hope something will never hear from the Lord oh my for goodness. him to look at us and say, your heart is not, is yeah. not right oh my goodness. in my sight. Yeah, and, and you know, and go back, Mark, to 13, like I said, so, so you go back to give it, to give it much of a matter. It says, that thy, thy, thy hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Right? In 13, though, go back. Then Simon himself believed also, and he was baptized. Yes. Okay. But he was lost. But it wasn't the right belief. Right. Yeah. But, you know, he was, you know, he, he just. So, so you can have, the Lord knows if what's you've in got the wrong belief and you're baptized, your heart can still not be right in the sight of God. That's pretty clear right that here. Kind of yeah. sounds like the way I grew up. Right. Yeah. I had the belief that the church was the mother that could save me. And if I did everything the church said and I got baptized, I believe that. And God could look at me at 39 and said, your heart's not right in my sight because you're trusting in an institution rather than in my son. Well, yes. I, 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 God would say, I didn't so love the world, God the Father, that I sent an institution down there. Yeah. I sent my son down now, there. Now, I, I was Catholic as well. I mean, did you go to the church freely? I did not. I was made to go. My parents made me go. I didn't, I didn't say, hey, I, well, I want to learn about God. Mm -hmm. I had to go. And, 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 and there was, it's, it's, now you know why. My mind would wander. My stomach would growl. And, you know, <laughs> I was a little boy. And, it, you know, and they taught you a little bit about Jesus. And I was fascinated by it. But it, it was, it's a dead church. It didn't, it didn't light you on fire. But... But if I was not made to go by my parents, I probably would have just stopped going. Well, but they made sure, you know, Italian, Italian Catholic, blue collar neighborhood, you got to make a yeah, your yeah. communion. You're born you Catholic, make, you're raised Catholic, right, you're going to die Catholic. You got to make a communion. Yeah. You got to make a confirmation. Then you're on your own, kid. Uh, but when I have kids, you know, I want to make sure they got that, too. Well, that's how I said, yeah. Well, that's what we do. But the thing is, they're believing wrong. They're believing. Now, he was believing in the stuff that Philip was doing, not what Philip was preaching. Right. And we might believe in the thing the priest is up there on the altar doing. He's wiping the chalice. He's doing that. But we're not believing what's being preached about Jesus and, right. and, and an easy an easy illustration of that is yeah. uh, years ago, probably over ten years ago, I was out doing some street ministry at a at a outdoor event, and it just happened to be near a Catholic church in downtown Buffalo, and the priest came out of the church. And he saw that a small group of us had signs and gospel tracts. And he's like, what are you doing here? And I said, I'm not bothering anything of yours. We're just out here, you know, talking to sidewalk, folks as they walk by yeah. on the sidewalk. And he says, well, you know, 
what do you think? What, what do you think you need to do that for? And I said, well, it's all about the gospel. You know the gospel, don't you? And the priest just kind of looked at me with a blank stare. And I said, what is the gospel? I mean, it's the good news from God. He's a good God. Right. And he offers this good news to us. What is the gospel message? And, and I kid you not, as God is my witness, this priest stammered all over himself and stumbled all over himself trying to tell me what the gospel is. He goes, well, it's, it's that God loves us. It's that God cares for us. It's that God uh, offers us an opportunity. I said, no, the gospel is for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I said, part of that gospel message is we're sinners. And because we're sinners, we have a, a, a problem separated from God, and there's a judgment coming, so we need to get saved. Paul put it in, in two verses in 1 split. Corinthians 15. <laughs> what is the gospel? And Paul said, I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures moreover brethren i declare unto you the gospel that i preach the good news is somebody saw the need for sin somebody paid the price for sin and somebody conquered death and sin and rose from the dead that's the gospel yes yeah, you know listener if if, if um not to segue, get closer to the end of the first half and we'll, we'll blow through. But, but like you said, Mark, I know that I got my confirmation, then I stopped going. Um, and I know people in other religions, once their parents, they got out from underneath their parents' thumb, yeah. they stopped going. And, and then you circle back. I had children. I said, well, I got to do the same thing. I got to make sure they're baptized. I got to make sure they get communion and confirmation and, and they, they let them go them. yeah you know and and you make them go and they don't want to go and you wake them up and no i think you know you gotta go or you got you know and, and uh, like sure means, uh, you know again and 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 then now but you look that's not what the lord wants we were on the streets yesterday because we want to be amen it's okay if we didn't want to be Right? We come here, we read this book because we are interested. We can't wait to get here. We Amen. can't wait to, to read because that's God's love. That's God's word. And you were, you were mentioning that as children, when we went, it didn't really hold our attention or draw us because I remember when I did go, first off, there wasn't much instruction during a mass. Right. There was no. a lot of uh, Tradition. You know, ritual and religious exercise. Yeah. And, and, that, and then when they did have a, a teaching session, they gave us the catechism. Yeah. But my son, Adam, who was a teacher uh, about six, seven years ago in September, the textbooks didn't arrive. They were three weeks late. And my, my son was, I don't know what to teach these kids. I've got no textbooks. And so he said, you know what? I think I'll just teach him Bible. And so I started opening the Bible and teaching Bible to them. He said the kids loved it. Amen. He was reading out of the Bible, teaching them God's word, and they loved it. He said when the textbooks came, I lost their interest. Because, you know, most kids aren't. But because it's, it's God's word. So the, the point yeah. is, as kids, we weren't being given the water of the word. Amen. It couldn't quench our thirst. And, and, and again, I'll say it. I... I I changed the game on my kids as I went up, but they were, they were, they were teenagers, young teens. And, and I, and I got saved. And of course I was a baby Christian. So, but come a wrong vow, but so I didn't have it, but you have always said raising a child. Now I have granddaughters and, and one in particular, and she is a sponge. Give it a word, the proper word of God and explain to them Amen. what, you know, just certainly talking to them to the King James Bible, but and give, and there are tools out there, good tools. Yeah you know, where they could watch it on a video and whatnot. She is, you know, she, she's, you could see it. Sure. It's, and it's not, it's, it's the word of God well, going into a young heart. It's a living word. 
with true stories that are amazing whether it's Old Testament or New Testament, there's just amazing things happening in this book. And, and and the thing is, they feed the spirit and the soul that God put in there. Amen. It's the only thing that can truly feed the spirit and the soul. So much of what man writes is like a processed feeding of the soul and the spirit, and it doesn't quite quench the thirst and the there's hunger no that we have. Yeah. No and it doesn't in answer the questions of life except yeah. for the Bible. Yeah. All right, we're having a good uh, discussion here and watching in the book of the Acts of the Apostles as uh, God is using these men to build the church and we're in Acts chapter 8 and we've seen that Philip came preaching the word and there was another guy there trying to confuse the people and there's a lot of confusion, spiritual confusion out there. God wants us to know the truth. That's what we do right here on the What is Truth radio show. Uh, visit the website graceandtruthchurch.org. Catch the old shows. Grab your Bible and stick around for the second half. We'll be right back after station identification. Amen. What is truth? What is truth? Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. And welcome back to the second half of the What is Truth radio show. A lively discussion looking at the book of the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8, and we're watching God's men go out and what they're doing is they're preaching the word. They're preaching Jesus Christ. And people are listening as they're hearing the truth of the kingdom of God, a spiritual kingdom built under the name of Jesus Christ. Men and women are believing and coming to the faith. And the same thing that happened in the first century, God wants in the 21st century. Amen. God hasn't changed. Right. Nope. People have a spiritual need and he wants preachers to bring it to them. Continue, brother. So we were in the story here in Acts chapter 8. Yeah. And Peter is rebuking Simon the sorcerer. And Simon the Sorcerer, he's trying to make money off of this, uh, you know, the Holy Ghost coming upon people and healing people. And as Peter rebukes him, you have to consider just for a second, I'm not going to waste time going there, but Simon's a sorcerer and he's bewitching the people. And the Bible says in the Old Testament that sorcery and magic is an abomination unto God. Deuteronomy 18.10. Yes. It tells you that's an abomination unto God. If you're into Harry Potter and you've been looking at uh, magic, the card game or whatever, things like that, Dungeons and Dragons, I, I urge you to get away from that and pray like even the Lord's Prayer says, deliver me from evil. Yes. Right? Don't get into that dark stuff. That's black magic. Yes. The sad thing is... There are a lot of congregations where there might not be magic, but a kind of a sorcery and a beguiling that's going on, and they're not preaching the truth. And sadly, there's a lot of people trapped in that, too. So that's why we try to stick to the Word of God and Amen. keep it plain and clear. And Amen. here it is. Peter rebukes this guy, Simon, and he tells him in... Uh, verse 22 of Acts 8, he says, repent therefore of this thy wickedness. He's giving him another chance. Sure. Repent therefore of this thy wickedness and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. Let me ask you, brother, you, you've been around. Um, have you ever heard testimony of someone who was into like 
uh, spiritism, um, magic, arts that got saved? I heard a great testimony that I read this morning. Oh, yeah, tell me. True testimony. This is not exactly black magic, but similar thing. In 1984, there was a guy sitting in a Van Halen concert in the fifth row. Okay. He was close to the front. And somewhere in the middle of the concert, David Lee Roth, who was the lead singer at the time, he leans forward off the end of the stage into the audience and points out into the audience like he's pointing right at this guy. Okay. I don't remember his name right now. And he said, even God can't save your soul at a Van Halen concert. And they started the next song, which is Running with the Devil. And this guy got freaked out. He's like, what are you talking about? I need my soul to be saved. And he's telling me that can't happen here. What kind of, what kind of darkness is this? Yes. And as they're playing, running with the devil at full volume, and he's in the fifth row, he bowed his head and asked the Lord God to save his soul wow. as a sinner. And he got saved and he's been serving God ever since that day. Amen. Yeah. What a story. Yeah. And, and there's a, a man that wrote a book, and uh, Brother Ed would know the name. Uh, maybe I'll remember it next week. And he had spent time, he and his wife, in California. They got into spiritism. They got into some of the black magic thing. And somebody brought them a Bible, and they just thought they'd look at it kind of just to what's this about and they got saved and now they write books warning people Amen. about those things yeah. and just letting them know so so what peter's saying here is look if you'll turn away from this and you'll pray to god uh, the thoughts of your heart they, they can be forgiven if you turn to god and that's Amen. what did this husband and wife did when they heard the word of god this man had heard the word of god amen he had heard the, the preaching of philip and you can repent and turn to God at any sure. time, in any place, even with rock music screaming at you. Sure. And, and verse 23, he says, Peter says, For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Yeah. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me. He wouldn't take the name. Now, uh, yeah, I'll stop right there. He yeah. doesn't pray to God. He no. doesn't. He, he says, doesn't. Why don't you pray for me? Yeah. And you don't see that they do that. And yeah. that's the last time you hear any mention yeah. of Simon. Yeah. Yeah. He disappears from the story. So this yeah. is a, a an error that I think is common, is we want a human mediator to pray on our behalf. We yeah. have one. Well, we, we have a divine yeah. mediator, the God right. man. But he's talking but we're man. Supposed, no, I know, yeah. exactly. We're I, I supposed think. to personally yeah. come yes. to the Lord, Fine. not through someone else. If someone comes to our church and they hear the gospel preached, what God wants them to do is based on that preaching to pray from their heart to God, not to come to me and say, Pastor Mike, would you pray for yeah, exactly. me? Amen. That's not going to help. Exactly. exactly. You know, I did not to segue off, but you were talking about the dark arts. I find it fascinating. And I pointed out to my wife and she sees it now too. Do you see how many cars have a skull on them? in some capacity or some oh, kind yeah, of demonic. Yeah. And how many tattoos people that, you know, everybody has tattoo now. More Skulls, darkness, more, more darkness, darkness, gargoyles yeah. and, and, but, and they're on cars and it used to be just, you know, the bikers, the hell's angels and whatnot. No, it's, it's now you see, you see a, a little, yeah. a little girl. She probably just got her license. She's driving. She's got a little pink around her car and she's got a skull on it. Because people have gotten away from the Bible. Uh, yeah, this is the good book. This is the good book, the holy book. It's God's book. The more and people have gotten away from it. Yeah. And that's why it, we see the darkness. It's, it's light. It and is. the further you wander from the light, the darker it gets. Last oh night goodness. I had to go out in my backyard at the three in the morning to, to clean something up. And 
and we have a light attached to the house. Right around that area, it was light, but the further I got away from that light, it's darker and darker, and that's like getting away from this book. Amen. 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 And here we go in, in Acts 8, after, after Simon is out of the story, verse 25, Acts 8, and they, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. So this is uh, Peter and John. They've yes. traveled north from Jerusalem, which was in the south, northward to Samaria. They, When they were there, they took the time to testify, tell of their testimony, and preach the word of the Lord. And on the way back, they preach the gospel to all the villages along the way. Hey, that's Amen. good. Amen. That's, that's good work. Amen. And, and the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, now remember, Philip was a, uh, a deacon, like a deacon, a deacon. who became an evangelist. Yeah, yeah, evangelist. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, "Arise and go." That's good advice. Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Yep. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. So he was a Gentile coming to Jerusalem to worship the one true God. Okay, so so he was what they used to call a proselyte, like back in chapter one of the book of Acts. Yeah. It talked about there were people... Uh, in uh, Jerusalem at the time of Pentecost, and a number of them were proselytes. They were uh, Gentiles who had heard about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who is the only God. They heard yes. the oracles, He said yeah. that about himself. Yeah. He said to Moses, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jesus said, my father is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yes. That's Amen. the one true God of the Bible for all so mankind. This, this man came, and uh, go ahead. And, and as he was returning... The, uh, this is the Ethiopian eunuch. He's returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet, which is Isaiah. Okay, reading an Old Testament book. Yep. Mm -hmm. Then, and that was 700 years old at the time. Right. And then the spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, how can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. Amen. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or of some other man? So I got to stop for a second. He's actually asking the question, is Isaiah talking about himself or is he talking about some other man in history? Well, you, yeah. I can see where you, where you could think that if you don't have good teaching and you don't have the other books, because they didn't have the other books that support it all. Yeah. I mean, when you're trying to decipher it, he's going, he comes all the way in, he looks at it, you know, he believed in the Jewish religion. He yeah. knew there was something there. He came all the way from Ethiopia. Now he's going back and he's got a book and he's trying to just get through it. He's trying to decipher um, it on his own. Lord By the way, it. we've all faced that. Yes. Have you not read? I read Ezekiel. Go, what is he talking about? <laughs> yes. I mean, these are tough books. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you got to give him time and you got to get some some good teachers that wrote, wrote some books and some Amen. commentaries. And, and, and the Lord blesses you when you bless him by learning of him. And, and you know what the Lord did? He saw a man that had a heart That's that right. was reading and didn't understand. And he said, Philip, 
you understand, go teach that guy. Amen. If you want to know, God will send you a teacher. Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. And folks, that's Isaiah 53, if you're interested. Yeah, that's what um, the guy's reading out of right now. Yeah. Isaiah 53. And so he asked that question. He says, uh, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Because the book is all about Jesus. And Jesus said, he, he said, search the scriptures. They testify of me. And, and Jesus is found all through the book because the great promise of the Old Testament is the coming Redeemer, the coming Messiah. And Isaiah was writing about it Amen. 700 years before. Amen. So he's preaching unto him, Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest be baptized. Be baptized. Yeah. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Bam. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. <laughs> and when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Yeah. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. This, you know, Mark, this is, this is a passage right over here that even when I first started reading scripture, the Lord had gave me such a visual. Yeah. I, mean, I, I see it like a movie. Good. I see it like, and I well, from, share and it I, with us. Well, You'll I, be the I, director. I, 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 amen. I did from the beginning. I just amen, see, amen. I just see uh, somebody, uh, you know, um, you know, African and and uh, and uh, probably dressed beautifully, well, and because right, he works you know, at the palace, yeah, yeah. The yeah, palace and everything. And I see him being very kind. Yep. Yeah. And he says, "Well, come on, man, no, you know." And I see Philip going up there. I didn't you know you see it, and I see him going into the water. I see him just, just he, he, look, look. He goes to Jerusalem yearly, right, at this time of the year. He must have heard of the ruckus that must have been going on of a crucifixion of some man that claimed yeah. he was a Messiah. Yeah. But he doesn't really know who the Messiah is. Not, not understanding. Not right. understanding, right? But the Lord knows his heart. And so this, is, this isn't his first time here. And he goes back. And when he comes out of the water rejoicing. Amen. I, you actually see it. And the you know? thing is, Be, though, what God used to confirm this in his heart so that he could make that confession, he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. At the end of verse 37, what gave him that confirmation of belief is the fact that he had read Scripture. Yes. Amen. Because without Scripture, I don't know that you can ever have that. No. Con you can still doubt. And well, maybe right. I hope so. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. But these things are written that ye may know. Amen. And this, this was not a peasant. No, this man it was in charge he was, he of the treasures. Of, he was of great authority. Great yeah. authority. This, yeah, head charge of all of her treasure, and she's the queen and, of Ethiopia. And I think, I think, again, I think the Lord looked down on this uh, on this soul and saw blanks in his understanding. Just a little thing. And Philip, he had Philip put put connect all the dots Amen. for him. Yes. But, but the other and thing, that's why I think he was so joyous. And the other thing God saw was a heart that wanted to know truth. Amen. I mean, Jesus said one day to that man um, when he went to the pool of Bethesda, wilt thou be made whole? Do you want to know? Are you willing to know? If, if, if you don't want to know, then God says, I can't show you. But yeah. if you really show a desire, I want to show you the truth. Amen. Well, I, just, I just hear him laughing. Yeah. I hear him coming out of that water and looking for, looking for Philip. And he probably finds that as funny, yeah. knowing that he had some kind of a divine engagement. Yes, amen. You know, because well, divine I just, appointment. I, yeah, I, yeah. I hear him laughing 
all the way a down. A joyous the, laugh. Yeah, laughing yeah. all the way down, yeah. you know, wherever he's going to. Well, he got saved. Absolutely. And, and when you get Amen. saved, and like it says in Isaiah, it says, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. When yep. you have all your sins washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ, because you're trusting in him and him alone, that's joyous. Absolutely. Now, wait, did he really get saved? He got uh, saved. Uh, well, yes. you know, I, I, you have a book, well, over, there. You have a book at, over there called Levin. And, uh, no, but let's look at it. I mean, <laughs> I mean here it is. Here, here it yeah. is. Uh, again, verse 35, Philip preached Jesus, Jesus. unto him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because that's what he had been doing back in the last chapter. Philip went to Samaria and preached Christ. Uh, Philip preached the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. The The most important person in the scripture is Jesus Christ, both Old and New Testament. In the Old Testament, he's just the Messiah, the Christ. In the New Testament, the name is Jesus. You put them together. That's what people need to hear. Philip does it. When the eunuch says, well, I think I'd like to be a part of this movement. I see that people are getting water baptized. Verse 36, what is hindering me? And Philip said, well, the key is you have to believe with all your heart. Amen. And the eunuch said, yeah, I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God. And without that, water baptism wouldn't do a thing for you. Correct. And without the answer in verse 37, that's the answer to the question. There's a huge question here. And the question is, he says, the Ethiopian eunuch in verse 36, he says, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Question. Can I get baptized? That's a great question. Can I get saved and come become part of the church? And the answer in verse 37 is missing from the modern Bible. Yes, that's what I was leading it's, yeah. it's missing that's from, I have here a copy of the New American Bible. This is a Catholic Bible. And I'll hand this to you, John. There, if you look for that verse in there, and then in uh, here, it's a revised standard version. That which was is the one a, out of England. I yep. remember that. Yep. And then one of the most popular, probably the most popular Bible in modern day times right now is a new international version. The NIV. And uh, John, why don't you start and read Acts 8, 36 and 37. 36 in the Bible. Which one do I have here, Mark? New American, New this American is the Bible. Catholic That's official okay. Catholic edition. Yep. And 36, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, there is water. What is to prevent my being baptized? And then it skips and goes, the then he ordered the chariot to stop and Philip and the eunuch both went down into water and he baptized. What him. number does answer? it say next to that verse? It says 38, 37. So, so 37 is missing. 37 just has an asterisk next to it. They cut it out of the Bible. Cut yes. it out. They whittled it out. And so he, there's, that's an extremely important question. What do I, what do I have to do to be saved basically? And can sure. I get baptized? And the answer is missing. And in your in your Bible it, there, the it, New American it, Standard, it, same thing, it, verse it 37. It says the same thing here. Um, here is number 36. Uh, they went along the road. They came to some water. The eunuch said, see, here's some water. What is it to prevent me being baptized? The next verse is 38. There's no 37 here. And then uh, Philip commanded the chariot, uh, let's go down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. But 37 is missing. And I have the same problem here in my NIV Bible. It has verse 36. There's no verse 37. And then it goes right to verse 38. So the answer to this important, vital question is ripped right out of these modern Bibles. Sure. And in modern Bibles where scholars that that it's a proof, it's, it's a proof that that most of them are not even saved. They're not even Bible believers. Men, they make a decision and women make a decision to omit or change the word of God. But and the, meanwhile, in our hands is is a king. 
Amen. The word of a king. The word of a king. And can you imagine if one of the scribes in 1604 to 1607 pulled out on King James? Yeah. And King James is reading this. This is what's verse 37. Imagine, imagine, can you imagine what King would say to him? At any time in a royal kingdom, someone altered the king's word. Oh. I mean, what would happen to him? I mean, the king had the power of life and death in his yes. head. Off with his head. He could say, now Jesus said in Revelation 22, verse 19, if any man will take away the words of the book, God will take away his part out of the book of life. I mean, and so here you take this key verse out that tells you exactly what you need before you can be baptized is you must have a confession in your heart, believing in your heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And you remove that and you get water baptized. You could water baptize someone uh, until they're soaking wet. And somebody once said you could stick them underwater till the polywogs know their social security number. It's not going to do anything for them. This is a doctrinal verse. Jesus said, you'll lose your part in the book of life. And look at and look at the verse too. I mean, it's so powerful. Again, the question before: What doth hinder me to be baptized? Yes. And we witness the people. <laughs> Has anybody ever said that to you? It's like wow. You know, it's like wow. Okay. And what would you say? I mean, he says, "I go over here." And Philip said, "If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest." Sure. And he and he answered. Yes. It went back. To what Philip said to him and what the eunuch said back is, "I believe." Yeah. That Jesus Christ is the it, Son of God. If He's you're doing the right thing. He's doing the right thing. Why is it taken out? If we had vacation Bible school and for one week we're teaching these kids about Jesus and at the end of vacation Bible school, one of the 12 or 13 year old comes and says to the pastor, well, I think I'd like to be baptized. What do I need to be baptized? The pastor would say, well, what do you believe? Amen. He would ask him what's right. in your heart. Right. And if the child said, well, I've been listening all week and I believe Jesus is the Messiah and I want him as my savior. Amen. Okay. But if he couldn't give that answer, what good is it to, to dip him in water? And, right. you, know, and you have to believe first. Yes. All through the Bible, you must believe first, and then you can be baptized. Or, or, yeah. Or so, how about- so, so when we were little, I was baptized at about... Three months old. Uh, yeah, they had a great party for me. I, I didn't. Like, under, I didn't I believe or understand anything. An infant, you know? an infant doesn't have understanding. No, they right. don't have. You, you, an infant can't do that. And, and we could go there, but but and just think about it the other way. You have somebody with street preaching. You know, sometimes I go in somebody's car if I could get some words out, and I'll say, "Consider it, folks. Just go home and consider this." So let's just say somebody says, "You know, I've always thought." And they said, "Get a get a Bible," and they take a Bible and they start. Pe- going through it and somebody starts reading like you said to get saved and and they, they come across in the reading acts and it's really it's, it's a historical book but but it's it's very powerful and then that's missing verse 37 yeah, is removed missing. from their bible it, it's removed from their bible i mean i'm not saying they they will wouldn't or will get saved because of it but boy i'll tell you what I'm sure the Lord would want that in there. Well, he put it here. Yeah. yeah, yeah somebody you know, took it out. I mean, if, he if, somebody, it if out. somebody came in here and say like that, I mean, that's powerful. Just stop right there. And that's just because that person might be thinking, well, what do I have to do? I mean, you, it's well, kind of confusing well, to me. Maybe I can illustrate this to make it make sense. Uh, my f- good friend Kevin and I were coming back from Salt Lake City on a flight one time. True story. And there was four other people sitting near us. And I'm reading my Bible and I'm talking to Kevin about a couple of things that I'm digging through in the Bible. And the one guy sitting near me, he says, uh, do you read the Bible much? And I said, well, I try to, you know, as much as I get time to, that kind of thing. And uh, he sees Kevin's shirt. It says something about Jesus on his shirt. And he says, well, what are you guys up to? Oh, well, we were doing some missionary work out in Salt Lake City, right? Some gospel preaching and to the Mormons. So anyways, 
he says, well, you know, what Bible do you read? And I said, well, I read a King James Bible because the other ones have been tampered with. They've been perverted. They've had things ripped right out of them. Altered. Yeah. And he goes, well, what are you talking about? And I said, well, do you have eyes to see and ears to hear? Because what I'm about to show you, you need to consider and examine yourself whether or not this is a big deal. And he goes, I think I got eyes to see. Go ahead and show me. So I showed him this very thing that we're talking about. There's, Acts, a, yeah. there's a question here in Acts 36, and the answer from verse 37 is ripped out of the Bibles. And he, this guy next to me on the plane, on his phone, had an NIV Bible on his phone. And he looked himself in horror, and he says, wow, that's gone. The answer is gone. Why yes. would they take that out? Why? And I said, it's critical because... If you consider like the catechism of the Catholic Church. Yes. I have it in my hand right here, right now. That's the and official catechism. I see you're reading it. There that's it is. the official catechism of the Catholic Church. And I grew up Catholic. And it says right here in verse 53, it says that uh, uh, confess this one faith received from the one Lord transmitted by one baptism. They're, they're claiming that faith is transmitted by water baptism. To a Baby. To, to a baby, right? And then it says, receive the faith from the apostles and their disciples through baptism. And, and if I go further in verse, um, I'm sorry, page 277, it talks about one baptism for the forgiveness of sins from the catechism of the Catholic Church. It says, our Lord tied the forgiveness of sins to faith and baptism. That's not what we see in the Bible, unless you alter it. And then he says... He who believes and is baptized will be saved, according to the catechism. And the catechism, catechism says, Baptism is the first and chief sacrament of forgiveness of sins, because it unites us with Christ, that we too might walk in newness of life. And it says, while receiving the holy baptism that cleansed us. Well, that's contrary, because the Apostle Paul wrote, By grace are you saved through faith. Amen. And that salvation is not of yourselves it is the gift of god and it is not of works lest any man should boast now when the man asked what's hindering me to be baptized philip didn't say well you've got to do certain works he said you've got to believe with all your heart you've got to have faith and and when the man had faith i believe that jesus is christ is the son of god at that moment it, according to the Apostle Paul, there's only one baptism that's important to God. God is a spirit, and it's a spiritual baptism by one spirit, capital S-P-I-R-T. This is the spirit of God. We are baptized into the one body of Christ. I think when this man made a confession and he believed in his heart, at that moment, God did the most important baptism. He baptized his soul. Amen. And all right. he's doing here is making like a public proclamation in water. And saying, that's what it is. Yeah. And, and you know, my, and, I, and I know, Mark, when you, when you said about the Jesus says, it, it, they're getting that from Mark, when G, a risen Jesus Christ. But all through the Gospels, Jesus says, you are, you are baptized with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. You are baptized with fire. It's a spiritual okay. it's baptism. It's a spiritual baptism. That's right. And they take this verse, which is wonderful. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that's where they stop. If they go to verse 16 in Mark 16, 16, it'll give you chills. It'll say, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Okay? So that's a risen Jesus Christ saying, this is what happens. Yeah. If It's not about getting baptized. 
is believeth. The baptism is when you believe it is what's going to happen to your soul spiritually. Yeah, with the Holy Ghost. Even even John the Baptist. Thank you. And there's he's a guy who was a, right. so he, I, he's the Baptist, he, the yeah, first of yeah. all the Baptists, and he was preaching. And somebody came to him and he said, "Look, and it's true. I baptize you with water." Matthew mm-hmm. chapter two eleven. But Matthew but three, he, Matthew three, chapter eleven. But he that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not even worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And, and when God Jesus sees that faith in the heart, then yeah. that gift is given. Exactly. That's the gift that's needed. Exactly. An individual must come by faith to God. There Amen. is no other way to that's come. Right. You can't be misled if you don't know your scripture, if you don't read God's word. And if you they're tricking mis- if they're tricking you right. and removing verses yeah. right out of the Bible. It sounds like that Simon the sorcerer got over there and, yeah. and pulled th- verse 37 <laughs> exactly. out. Exactly. Well, let me, let, me, let me be fair here because I, I mentioned the catechism of the Catholic Church. Here in my other hand here, I've got the Lutheran worship uh, hymnal book, okay. which also talks about baptism. Okay. So here in the Lutheran hymnal book on page 200, speaking of baptism, it says, in order to implore the blessing of our Lord Jesus Christ upon the gathering of this child into the family of our father, that's what they're calling baptism. And then it says, because this child cannot answer for himself or herself, we shall all together with sponsors and parents faithfully speak on his behalf in testimony of the forgiveness of sins and the birth of the life of faith, which God bestows in and through baptism. That's not what the Bible we're, says. We're running out of time, but okay. I've got verses from Isaiah and John chapter one and other places that we might want to look at. We'll start next but week. God yeah. did say, let us reason together. And the child's under the age of reason. He can't reason with God Amen. to make the confession like this man made. And that's the great confession. He said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And Amen. he was born again and saved. Amen. And that's the good news. And thank you for joining us next week. We're going to look at a little bit more at the eighth chapter. And then we're going to see in the ninth chapter, how God saves the apostle Paul. It's great to see the building of the church and God would like you to be a part of that spiritual work and listen to our show and do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to what is truth the radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Listen every weekend at this time for What is Truth? Only on WECK.